Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers Podcast. Each week, we talk to you about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you develop in your career and be successful in this increasingly squiggly world of work. And today, we're talking about a topic that I think feels really relevant for every September when we're all in that back to school vibe. Perhaps we're coming out of the summer. Appreciate this year is a bit different to other years, but we're going to talk about exploring and applying for jobs. Perhaps this year you'd always got it in your mind that you wanted to think about doing something different. Perhaps you've put that on hold, understandably, for a few months. But maybe we're starting to think about that again. It's interesting, I think, to think about it in the context of where we are. Has that changed how we might go about looking for jobs? Do we need to do anything differently? So we're going to talk all about that. And just a few things before we get started. The first thing we wanted to say is thank you so much to everybody who follows us on Instagram. We got to 10,000 followers. Hooray! Um, which a completely lots, meaningless number. It to is lots completely of meaningless. Um, <laughs> apart from one very important piece of functionality for us. Um, and I say for us, it's definitely the royal we because this is basically for Helen. But it does now mean that we can do swipe up and that we Hooray! can link directly to articles. So for people who don't follow us on Instagram, we use it to share all of our free resources. So whether it's articles that we find that we think are useful or links to books or tools that we've developed, it's where we sort of try to host all of our career development tools and techniques and not being able to link through to things is just really frustrating. And so we've been waiting for this moment. That's how geeky (laughs) our lives are. And as a reminder, if you'd ever like to join us for Pod Plus, we do it every week on a Thursday, usually at nine o'clock. And we just spend half an hour doing sort of like a mini live workshop where we explore some of the frameworks that are perhaps harder to talk about on the podcast. And actually, it's become a really lovely community of like-minded learners. And we all have a lot of fun, really, I think, together talking about the topic and last thing we have a couple of new courses that we are launching for this autumn that are available to anyone to join they're usually at lunchtime you can find them on amazing if learning so it's just www.amazingiflearning.com we're going to do one on progression so actually really relevant to today's topic so how you can think about your own progression in a curious and really open-minded growth mindset sort of way Yes, of course, promotion is a big part of progression, but it's not the only part of kind of how we progress and we're going to explore that. And the other one is going to be on purpose. So a topic that I feel really passionate about, how to find 
your purpose at work, how to make sure you're doing meaningful work that really matters to you. So they're two new workshops, actually, we've not done those before. So testing those ones out this autumn. So if you'd like to join us for those, head onto the website and you'll find lots more details. Brilliant. So back to today then, exploring and applying for jobs and a bit of context about why we think this is so relevant right now for people. So we know that, you know, Sarah mentioned this September back to school kind of feeling. I've actually bought myself some new stationery to celebrate that moment in time. But it also means that it's a time when people are really sort of choosing maybe new things that they might want to do or rethinking what they want to do. We've had quite a lot of time where I think people have been reflecting as a result of all the change we've gone through over the last six months or so. And some people are actually not really doing that out of choice because there's so much change going on in our organisations. There's an increase in restructuring. There's an increase in redundancies. Some people might be finding themselves having to look for new roles at the moment because of the change that they've experienced in their workplace. So it's either a bit of a choice because people are reflecting or it might feel more of a forced action at the moment. But people are definitely applying for more roles or having to and considering more about their opportunities. So that's why we think it's particularly relevant. And one thing I would say is that we don't think exploring for roles should be limited just to when you think you're going to apply for a new job. So some people are sort of triggered to apply for a new job and then they start looking around. We actually think that exploring your career possibilities is more something that you should do regularly. It should be sort of like a career constant because when you explore new possibilities, you might spot areas that might be interesting for you to go and learn more about. You might spot skills that you might need to develop in advance of applying for roles in the future. It might help you to connect with new people There's a huge amount of benefit in exploring new possibilities for your career rather than just doing it when you want to apply for them. So today we're going to talk about both and we're going to share ideas maybe if you're in exploring mode, ideas if you're in applying mode. But what we would say is that these are particularly exploring. It's one of those career constants which we think is quite helpful to build up for your career. And we know that these things can sometimes feel hard. Sometimes people just don't know what they want to do. Like when we do our career possibilities course, some people say that, well, the reason I haven't done this is I just don't know where to start. I don't know what I want to do and I don't know really where to go to find out more information. So people maybe sometimes just feel a bit stuck and that can feel quite demotivating over time. So we know that's one of the reasons it feels hard. Also, we know that where people have maybe had a forced change, so this might be um, redundancy, for example, they can still feel quite emotionally attached to what they did before. And that can make it quite hard to feel positive about what they might do next because they still want to be doing that job or they still want to be working in that organisation. And maybe they haven't kind of got that disconnect from what was to what could be. And the third reason we know it feels hard is some people just aren't confident enough taking action. I notice this a lot, actually, when I coach people in one-to-ones and we'll be talking about CVs and we'll be talking about LinkedIn profiles and helping them move towards action. But I still hear a huge amount of self-doubt in, oh, I'm not sure I could apply for that job or what if I've not got enough experience or what if they don't reply back to me? And all of those what-ifs effectively hold them back from taking action. And we want to sort of recognise that they are very valid reasons why taking action can feel hard. But the ideas we share with you today, we want to sort of make it a bit easier for you to move forward. So I feel like we've divided today's podcast to very much be us at our best. So (laughs) I'm going to share three ideas for exploring and then Helen is going to get relentlessly practical and share three ideas for applying for roles. But very happy to talk about exploring because I think 
all of these three exercises that I'm going to share are things that I have done, found really helpful. So when we're thinking about exploring, the first action is about scanning. I think this scanning exercise is really very much about being curious and exploring and removing constraints and barriers that might limit your thinking. So often when we start to think about our possibilities, what we could do next, we start from where we are today. And this is almost the exact opposite of that. It's really kind of not worrying about what experience you've got so far. It's not worrying about the exact job titles that you might do or the industries that you're in. It's much more about starting from a place of intrigue and what you're interested by. A practical way to do this that Helen and I have both done loads of times, and to be honest, I love doing it. I find it so interesting. Me too. Um, is head on to LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, just find at least 10 jobs that you just find really fascinating and try to remove any of that, oh, I couldn't do that or that wouldn't work for me because you're not looking at these jobs with the purpose or the outcome of applying for them. You're looking at these jobs really from just a place of, curiosity and all that sounds fascinating when you're trying to find these jobs I would say try and do at least 10 because actually at this point you want to think as broadly as possible so finding at least 10 will just kind of force that a little bit and try and make sure that at least a couple of these jobs are outside of your discipline that you're in today so if you're in marketing outside of marketing if you're in procurement outside of procurement make sure that at least a couple are outside of your industry so if you work in financial services make sure that lots of them are not in financial services if you're working in a small company have a look at some big companies so it's almost just trying to kind of get just a real range of possibilities that you find really interesting so get those 10 and then put them all together in some way so either print them all out or put them all into one document and the idea with this exercise is you're looking for common themes and threads So reflect on those 10 jobs. When you're finding them, don't think about it too much. Just go, oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. And then stop and go, right, what do they all have in common? What am I noticing? What do I recognize and spot about these jobs? What was it that got me excited about them? So when I do this, I always end up with a really wide range of jobs. And sometimes the job titles look and feel completely different. Usually I don't understand about half of what the job spec says. (laughs) I found one the other day that was called founder in residence. And already I just thought, I mean, that sounds interesting. Um, The first paragraph was all about newness and creating things. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like really like me. And honestly, the second paragraph, I thought, I think I understand about every third word because it went really into lots of technical acronyms. But like I say, for the purposes of this, it just doesn't matter. And so then the reason you're doing this is to just open up your thinking, look for those threads and those themes. And I think it helps us to then think about exploring opportunities that perhaps we hadn't thought about before. And also to think about what does feel most important to me? What motivates and drives me when I'm starting to explore possibilities? And like I say, when I've done this lots of times over about 10 years, and really for me, it's always about newness. I like just starting stuff from scratch and I've got a real track record of doing jobs that people haven't done before me and that's because I like that sense of building things and creating things and I think once I appreciated that it just meant that I was more able to have more curious career conversations. I limited myself less if that Mm. makes sense by doing this and that's all you're trying to do with this scanning exercise. Have some fun with it. You're sort of creating your own Pinterest board of possibilities that's kind of how I think about it 
Agreed. So that's action one in terms of exploring all about scanning. And I'd really encourage you to have a go because it is just really fun. Action number two is about admiration and inspiration. So it's really important, I think, to say before we get into this exercise that we are not suggesting here that we all start comparing ourselves to other people's careers because we know that's not helpful. You know, Helen's favourite piece of career advice is to run your own race and that's really important. But what we're talking about here in terms of career admiration and inspiration is really looking at people whose careers you really admire and thinking about like, why do they inspire you? What is it that they have done what is it that they have achieved is it about how they've worked is it about the causes they've worked for and again you're using this just to reflect on what sort of possibilities might be interesting to you sometimes we we imagine oh the people we're most inspired by are always people who are saving the world or working in charities and we sort of put a sense of expectation and obligation on ourselves to think that's what I should be doing But actually, when we really stop and think about who we admire and why we admire those people, it tends to be a broad range of people for lots of different reasons. And again, I think this can help you a little bit with what would my version of that be? And then the last exploring exercise is about how to create possibilities and to turn them into probabilities. So at this point, you're starting to generate possibilities that you're interested in exploring so probably until now with the first two actions we're in full exploring inspiration mode there's not a kind of outcome as such in terms of going we're not very close to applying for a role we're much more kind of future facing I think in this last action we get the closest to thinking about oh which jobs which roles might I be interested in really actively exploring and then starting to maybe use some of the actions that Helen's going to talk about so when you're thinking about career possibilities I'd always try and think about as many as possible if it's helpful just a framework to think through different possibilities because again this tends to be one where people think oh I don't know what I don't know so the first thing to think about is what are your obvious career possibilities so this is the easiest one this is probably jobs or roles that are closest to the ones that you're doing today and that you've probably already got in mind or you've already started to think about a little bit so what are those obvious possibilities and again try and have more than one As Herminia Rabara says, the professor at London Business School, it's really important that we don't anchor ourselves to only one kind of future possibility and only one future self. And we need to imagine multiple future selves. So let's always kind of make sure that we're doing that with each of these exercises. So obvious comes first. The second one is ambitious. What are your ambitious possibilities? So this is jobs that you would probably like to do and they're perhaps at the back of your mind and you put a but in the middle. You think... I'd really like to do that job, but I don't have enough experience. I really like to do that role, but I've never led a team before. I'd really like to do that job, but maybe it might mean impact on your salary. So there's some sort of but that makes it feel ambitious, but you are quite motivated by it. It would perhaps feel hard to say out loud to someone else, but you know, you've got it somewhere when you kind of really start to think about it. So get those ambitious possibilities kind of out of your head and kind of onto maybe a bit of paper. Number three is about generating ideas for your pivot possibilities. And you can pivot backwards or forwards. And backwards is not a bad thing because sometimes there's an association, I think, with that word. 
if you're pivoting backwards, you're pivoting back to something you've done before. So for example, if that was me, I spent a lot of time working in marketing, but I don't now, but I could pivot back to working in marketing. I could go back to those skills and into kind of that area. I could pivot back to working in corporate responsibility. So things that you've perhaps done before that you don't do today, or perhaps experience that you've got that you think, well, actually, I'd quite like to go back and and re-explore that in a new way or perhaps in a new context. And you can pivot forward, which is about taking what you have today and pivoting it into a new context and a new situation. So for example, I could pivot forward to working in public sector. So I've never worked in the public sector before. And even more specifically, I could perhaps go and work in a university, you know, to do with learning and development. Perhaps I could go and work with students at the moment, predominantly, you know, we work with people in organisations and I could go and work with a new set of people in a new place. So you can pivot back or forward. And then the last one, which is always really fun to do, which is what are your dream possibilities? So the only caveat here is you still have to work. Um, (laughs) So you've got to kind of create something that is still a job, but that gives you quite a lot of license to have a lot of fun. And the reason that you do this is most of us do have some sort of dream possibilities in mind. Perhaps it's the thing that you've always quite fancied doing, but for some reason it kind of never worked out that way. Or perhaps you are imagining at some point you'd really like to go and run your own business on an area that you're really passionate about. Most of us have these kind of dream possibilities. So once you've got these four, obvious, ambitious, pivot and dream, and hopefully you've generated as many possibilities as you can come up with, there are then a few things that you do to work out which of these possibilities are your priority right now. And how do you turn these possibilities into probabilities? So when you've got all these possibilities, think about which are the ones I want to explore first. Though we want exploring opportunities in your career to be kind of a constant endeavour, we appreciate you can't spend all of your time doing this. So work out of all of those possibilities you've generated, which ones are you most intrigued by right now? Which ones feel most relevant and important at the moment? And then think about, What do you need to know and who can help you? So what you need to know is kind of the gaps in your knowledge. And you might just think, I need to know everything because I just don't (laughs) don't know very much at the moment. And then start to think about who can help you. And again, if you're thinking, I don't know who can help me because this feels quite far away from where I am today, even just starting to think about the people you already know and talking to them about what it is you're interested in, you kind of never know what people know. It's incredible how when you start to talk about exploring possibilities with people that they suddenly go, my sister works in that area. Or, oh, previously I worked in this team and I know this person who would definitely have a chat with you. So sort of don't limit what other people might know. Always kind of ask people for help. Even if you think that person might not be able to help me, they might know someone else. At that point, you're starting to get a bit more specific about thinking about really exploring these possibilities to work out, do they feel like probabilities for you? Do they feel like something that you would want to do? Your ambition is to go and have as many curious career conversations as you can to really get a window into lots of people's worlds and then work out the more you know about something, what happens? Do you get more interested and more excited? And can you see how your strengths could be useful? Can you start to think about, this is something I feel like I'd really like to go and do at some point? And sometimes the more you explore something, you perhaps realise that your assumptions versus the reality are quite different. And you might then realise this isn't right for me. And that's a really good conclusion to come to too. 
And the final thing to say on this is that this is a dynamic process. So sometimes your ambitious possibility becomes your obvious possibility. It can be two things at once. It might be a pivot possibility, which also feels ambitious. So this is not about going, this is a tick box exercise. There's kind of right or wrong answers. It's really what we hope is it's really a way to just help you to think about exploring lots of different possibilities, like generating loads of ideas and then taking those ideas and making it quite actionable in terms of thinking, how do I actually start to explore these things? And then you can start to, at the right moment, at the right time, move into applying. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So now we're going to move on to Helen's, what did you call me, Sarah, ruthlessly practical, was that it? <laughs> Section of applying. I think you were quite practical as well. Maybe not ruthlessly, but I've got three <laughs> three ruthlessly practical ideas for you if you're in applying mode. And what I would say, actually, before I even get into these ideas, is that applying for jobs is hard, right? Mm. It's hard. There's so much that is not in your control. Like you might have an amazing CV and you might think, wow, I'm a great fit for this. And you might think that's the most perfect job for me ever. And there can be a whole load of other things going on that you are not aware of. Maybe the organisation that you're applying for already has somebody in mind internally, or maybe it's the most in-demand job out there and they've had hundreds and hundreds of applications and maybe they don't even get the chance to sift through them. I actually was talking to somebody once who said, oh, we had so many applications for a job that they were ended up sifting them through on really things like the distance from the office and oh, all no. these other... I, exactly, I might say it was, but basically a whole load of variables that you couldn't influence. And it was just because they said we had to do something to reduce the amount that we had to filter. And I was like, I mean... They're very arbitrary variables that you've just used. But that's the sort of thing that you might be up against. So know that applying for jobs can feel really hard. But a lot of the time, this isn't a personal thing. It's There's a process going on that is hard for you to influence. So these tips are the bits that you can be in control of in the context of a situation where there might be some stuff going on that you might not be aware of. And so actually kind of looking after yourself and staying positive and resilient is also very important in this applying for process. But here are the tips. So the first one is get some help with your CV and or your covering letter if the job that you're applying for enables you to have a covering letter as well. 
The important things with CVs is that really they feel really personal. So they don't feel like they're super generic. So you you stand out from other people and that also that they are specific for the job that you're applying for. So don't have a one size fits all CV because it will be so generic that it won't help you to stand out in the context of some of the things that I just said. But also having a critical friend have a look at that CV can be very, very helpful. And sometimes people will say to me, oh, Helen, can you have a look at my CV? TV. And I will always say yes, but I need to do it in the context of the job that you're applying for. And so make sure that when you send your CV to somebody and ask them for some feedback, send the job that you are interested in applying for at the same time. Because what's really important is that job description might have certain keywords or certain expertise or it might have a certain style and you want to reflect that in your CV and your covering letter and so if you're sending someone your CV to look at without sending them the job description you kind of only get halfway there it's important that you get that kind of matching going on so that it comes across that you're a really good fit so that's one thing maybe you haven't got that friend though another good resource to help you is a website which is uh, resume.io we will put the links to this on amazingif.com our podcast go there if you want the link but otherwise it's resume.io and what you can do on there is you can get examples of covering letters you can get examples of like cv templates and flows some of it you have to pay for some of it you can get for free But what's quite cool, I really like about that website is that you can put the type of job that you're applying for. So you could put in like data analyst or HR manager, whatever it is you're applying for, and it will give you templates and covering letters and skills that are specific to those roles. And it's just, I wouldn't say copy it, don't cut and paste. But if you're feeling like, oh, I could do with some inspiration, that is a very good place to start too. So the second tip is to try and find a point of connection with the company that you are applying to work in. Maybe you might know somebody who works in that business and they could just give you a bit of context on the organisation. Maybe you might be able to connect with the hiring manager if that feels appropriate. It doesn't always feel appropriate, but you might be able to do that on LinkedIn or maybe someone might know someone in HR. The point of having this connection is one of two things, really. One, it might help you find out a bit more about the company itself. So I've done this before. I think I mentioned it on the podcast, but when I went to Virgin, I spoke to somebody that worked there and they just gave me a really good understanding of the culture of the values well it sort of increased my interest because I was like oh the more I heard the more I wanted to work there but it meant that when I actually did get an interview I was more informed myself I could show that I was more informed and I just had a bit more detail I could flesh out my answers a bit more make it more relevant so it's good for that it can also sometimes warm up an application so if you know somebody in organization they can maybe recommend you to the hiring manager, tell you a bit more about the department. Uh, Maybe they make an introduction to you in HR can help you to be more than a CV effectively, which is, you know, on bits of paper. That's what we're sort of competing on. Words on bits of paper when we're in CV mode. When you've got an introduction or a connection, it's sort of one step beyond the CV. And that can just help you to stand out from a number of other people who might be applying for it. And so the final practical tip for you is to make sure that your impact is consistent. So whatever you're, you know, you're effectively kind of selling on your CV, aren't you? You're selling your strengths, you're selling your impact. Don't forget that people are likely, very likely to look you up. So if you've kind of, they've got your CV, they're interested in what you've written there, they are probably likely to look you up on something like LinkedIn. They may even look you up on your social media. So they might just see if they can find you on Twitter. What you really want is your impact to be 
consistent. So if I'm talking about how creative I am and that one of the things that I have really made an impact for in my previous organisations is the creativity of my roles. If somebody reads out of my CV and they go to LinkedIn, I want them to get the same sense of me. I don't want them to get a completely different story about my sort of narrative and my impact from what they might see outside of this CV. So make sure it's consistent. That will help to build your credibility. And it won't raise kind of questions in their mind as well. It will just kind of reinforce the brand that you are creating in your CV and all those other places. If you want some more tips on this, because I think the best person I've come across talking about this recently was Bianca Miller-Cole on our podcast episode. So good. So So good. (laughs) She's so clear. Yeah, she's incredible. We've been interviewed by her quite recently for the next book that herself and Byron are writing together. And I mean, they sell themselves in a way which blows my mind. It's both simultaneously authentic and slick. And I sort of think that's a dream combination. They're so good at it. They're brilliant. So it was episode 163. It wasn't actually just about LinkedIn, but she does talk an awful lot about how you make sure that your LinkedIn profile really works for you. You use keywords, you know, how to structure it. And I think if you can get the CV using something like, you know, someone reviewing it and resume.io and Bianca's tips from that episode 163, you are doing as much as you can to take control of the impact that you can have when your CV lands with somebody, which, you know, that we're talking about applying and we just want you to get past applying to an interview. And there's some of the things that are most in your control in order to do that. And when hopefully this all goes swimmingly and you've got your interview, episode 41, we talked about interview hints, tips, ideas. And we know some listeners have used this because actually I would say it's probably one of the episodes we get the most comments on because people have gone for an interview probably used a bit of it and then they give us way more credit than I think we that's deserve true. That's say, true. Like, you... I listened to your podcast and then I got the job I think well you listened to the podcast you did a lot of work and then you were brilliant and got the job so but hopefully it helps even if it just gives you that little confidence boost before that interview so thank you so much for listening again this week next week we're going to be talking about how to stay visible when working virtually it's a topic that's starting to come up with increasing frequency, this idea of we're going to stay working virtually in some way, shape or form, probably for the foreseeable future. And how do you stay visible and have impact and kind of gravitas when we are sort of through a screen? So we're going to explore that next week. And I also just wanted to say thank you to everybody who continues to leave reviews, whether it's on the book or the podcast. It's one of those five minute favours, as I call them, that really makes a difference to us. It means that we can share the work that we do with more people. And, you know, being very selfish, it gives us that positive boost in a week where, you know, we don't get to see many people at the moment and reading a review when someone's read the book or listened to the podcast and find it helpful. It is continues to be my favourite part of every week. So thank you to everyone who keeps doing that because we see that people do and they take the time to do it. And if you have five minutes and you've not yet, we'd really appreciate it. But that's everything for this week. We hope you found that really helpful and good luck with your exploring and applying. Let us know how you get on and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 